so I have a great question this morning. And you'll probably, after I ask the question, you'll probably wish that I was still on vacation. How many of you got angry this week? Just, it's okay to raise your, whoa, a lot of sinners in the house. Thursday, (laughs) thank you for your honesty. Thursday, I was going home from church. I get at the end of Jackson Mills, at the end of uh, Elton Adelphia at the light there, and the light was red. A car in front of me stopped, looked, turned red. I pull up, and literally, I don't even get a chance to look to see if anything's coming, and someone behind me is, Now, I should have a bumper sticker on my car that says, I'm German. Because once you beep at me, uh uh-uh. No way. I don't care if the next car is all the way up at Elton Adelphia High School. I'm not going until the light turns green. I just sat there. And I could see the person behind me just getting really antsy. So finally it turns green. I pull. And then you know where it becomes two lane. He whips around me and he's like saying these words, you know. And I'm like, I can't hear you. And the light at Elvendelphia 9 was green. So we turned, and I'm in the right-hand lane. He's in the left-hand lane. And now I'm like, I don't care so much what he said to me. But what was really bothering me is he needs to know who he's saying it to. So I'm hoping the light at Perkins is red because in the side of my car, I reach and I'm putting it in my window. (laughs) But that light was green as well. How many of you got frustrated this week? Ah, some different hands. So, If you didn't get angry, but you got frustrated, can you explain to me the difference between anger and frustration? And while you're coming up with a good answer, let me just remind you that we are in the middle of a series, You're Not the Boss of Me, How to Say No to Emotions That uh, Compete for Our Control. And we've, we've taken a look at guilt. We've taken a look. Pastor Matt did such an awesome job last week. I heard it online on Envy. Just a great job. And uh, today we're going to look at anger. And Jesus said, and he reminds us, that the stuff that comes out of our mouth, that has the potential to just ruin us, Jesus said, the stuff, the things that come out of your mouth, come from your heart. As we've been reminded, the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these are what makes a man unclean, or these are what defiles a man. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what makes a man unclean, or this is what defiles a man. So what we've been doing in this series is 
along with trying to monitor our emotions, more so than that, we have to monitor our heart to see what's really in there because what's in there will eventually come out. Now, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, nobody wants anger to be the boss of them. You don't want a boss who is angry, and you don't want anger to be the boss of you. So what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to take a look at four different types of anger that we see in God's Word. And I'm sure in one of those four places, you'll find a little room for yourself. Uh, First is sudden anger. It's that explosive anger. It's that anger that flies off at the... Boy, your, your, your action shows guilt already. <laughs> and this is what we do. We try to justify it. It's because of my nationality. It's because of my heritage. Do you know my dad had a problem with anger and his father had a problem with anger? And that's just been passed on to me. So what's really scary is this. What, this is really what gets scary when people are proud of it. When people are proud. Now, a quick-tempered man does foolish things. Can we all say amen? Because I'm sure that we have all done foolish things in our anger. Why? What is the root of anger? Here's the root of anger. Here's the root of our anger. The root of our anger is we aren't getting what we want. And because we're not getting what we want, we get Because someone is doing something not the way you want it to be done, you get angry. And that anger can be explosive and and just damaging, as we're going to see in a few moments. Proverbs 15, 18, a hot-tempered. Now, in the um, Hebrew there, the hot-tempered, it, it sort of is the, a short fuse. You know what I'm saying? The short fuse? Boy, something happens and boom! The fuse wasn't long at all. A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension. Hot-tempered. I love what Will Rogers said. Whenever you fly into a rage, you seldom make a safe landing. Come on. Whenever you fly off at the handle, when you ever fly off into rage, you seldom make a self-landing, a safe landing. And then Chuck uh, Swindoll said it this way. I got so angry, angry that I gave him a piece of my mind. And it was a piece that I couldn't afford to lose. <laughs> Sudden anger, you're not the boss of me. A hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. A hot-tempered man. What penalty? Well, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of different consequences for our actions, aren't there? And when I think of a hot-tempered person, I think of a person who's very high-strung, stressed, high blood pressure, 
Does not always usually go along with it, which can cause health issues or health problems. How about this? I have seen hot-tempered people. Their penalty was they have lost friends. And not only have they lost friends, but they have lost family members because of their hot-tempered. That flies off. So, what are we to do? What are we to How can this explosive, how can this sudden anger, how can it come under control? Does anybody know what flows from the throne of God? All last week while I was on vacation, I stuck with four verses out of Revelation chapter 22. And for five days, I just took a look at these four verses of Revelation chapter 22. What flows from the throne of God and of the Lamb says there is a a river. Someone said it. There is a river. And that river is called the river of life. It also says that the water is crystal clear. And that the water river flows right down the middle of the city. And on each side, and on each side are two trees. The tree of life on each side. And it says that the tree of life bears 12 fruit. Come on. What am I saying? To control anger, to control any emotion, to control temptation with sin. Listen, from the throne room of God, there is a river that flows to you and I. It flows in us and through us. And that river is called the river of life. Now, water represents the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. And at the moment you feel like you're going to fly off at the handle, you need to take a dip in the river of life. You need to have communion with the Holy Spirit because along that river are the fruit the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentle, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So don't blame it on your heritage. Don't blame it on your parents. When you have this sudden explosive burst of anger, blame that you just didn't dip yourself in the river of life. Now what's also very exciting about this river of life and the tree is says there's tree of life on each side, 12 fruit, one fruit for each season. But then it says this, that the leaves of the tree of life, the leaves, bring healing to the nations. Oh man, how we need to bathe ourselves in the Holy Spirit and allow the fruit of the Spirit to flow in us and through us, and to pick some of those leaves because our nation is in great healing, need of healing. Well, along with a sudden anger, 
that needs to be controlled, and we talked about how we control it. There is a sinful anger. Now, please, I know, give me a couple moments, not all anger is sinful. We're going to get to that. But there is a sinful anger that needs to be condemned. So you may be, okay, pastor, how do I know if my anger is sinful? Well, I'm glad you asked. Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, you have heard it said to the people long ago, do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his or, let's imply it, sister, will be subject to judgment. Now, if you call someone a brother or a sister, what are you saying? They're your family. Either they're part of your domestic family or they're part of your church family. Now, when I read scripture, I read about how we should encourage our brothers and sisters, how we are to uplift our brothers and sisters, how we are to pray for our brothers and sisters. Never once do I read we're to be angry. Now, if your anger is focused on a person, that's when it becomes wrong. When your anger is focused on a person, our anger should be focused on their sin. Our anger should be focused on what they have done. That's where our anger should be focused. You've heard it said, Love the sinner, hate the sin. Love your brother and sister, but be angry with what they're doing and don't take it out on them. Now, it goes a little bit deeper. Do not take revenge. Listen, I know when my anger becomes sin, if I'm looking to pay back somebody who did me wrong. Hello. Do not take revenge. If I have this revengeful anger on someone who has done me wrong and I just can't wait to give it back to them, the Bible says you better be careful because now you're bordering on sin. Your anger has become sin because it is written, it is whose? My. It is Mine to avenge, just say the Lord. You know, so many times somebody does something to you. And all of a sudden, before you know it, not only do you want revenge, but you're, you are ill. You have this ill will towards them. You're hoping that something terrible happens to them. When you are wishing that something terrible happens to one of your brothers or sisters, that's a clear point that you're sinful anger, your anger has become sin. Now, when you're holding on to revenge, 
You hold on to it because you cherish it. You cherish it. We do this in marriage all the time. Something happens, and instead of addressing the wrong, you take that wrong and you put it in your sacred bag of hurts. Just in case your spouse comes and accuses you of something. But what about three years, two months, and seven days ago when you did? And what so happens so many times is a little argument in the home can blow into this big fight because instead of arguing whether we're going to have hamburgers or hot dogs for lunch, we start arguing over things that took place three, four, six months ago. And we hold on to it. It's that cherished. If you are holding on to anger, if you're holding on to something somebody did to you that was wrong, and, and, and you just are waiting to put it back in their face, that's when anger has become sinful. You know, when anger has become sinful, when you can't forgive. When you can't forgive what has been done to you. That's when you know you're skating on thin ice. So here's the test. Is your anger directed towards a person or their sin? Does it seek vengeance? Is it cherished? Do you hold on to it? You know, you can't let it go. And you can't find forgiveness in your heart for it. Paul says this. What's, what's so cool here is, is he, he gives us a remedy. And the remedy is this. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Man, where sin, anger has become sinful, where it's become the boss of you, you need to get on your knees and confess it to God as sin. All right, let's talk about myself. Stub <laughs> Stubborn anger. We're going to get back to this first part. In your anger, do not sin. But I love these next words. Do not, in fact, would you say it with me? Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And the next verse says, and do not give the devil a foothold. Have you ever had a frustrating day at work? Nothing's been going your way. Yeah, you have it often. And you, you, you got like this little chip on your shoulder that as soon as you get home, as soon as someone says the wrong thing or does the wrong thing, boom! You'll be able to release that frustration either on the dog or the cat, the kids, or your spouse. You come home and your spouse makes a comment that you don't like. 
And it's just like, wow. All the frustration and anger of that day. We do this often, don't we? We usually do this with our kids too. We usually, it's so bad when we take our frustration out on our kids. And all of a sudden, boom. And then before you know it, your spouse comes back and you're in this full-fledged argument just because you've been frustrated at work. Dinner time, nobody speaks. Nighttime, you go to bed. She faces south and you face north. Or if your bed's the other way, she faces west and you face east. And you hug the edge because God forbid you want to make sure you don't touch each other. Do you know what you have just done? You know what you've just done? You have just opened the door for Mr. Devil to come in and take a foothold. Now, what does it mean don't give him a foothold? Paul is so cool in his writing because if you go down four verses, you'll see exactly how we give the devil a foothold. Bitterness. You're laying on bed, hugging the edge. I can't believe she had the audacity to accuse me of that. I'm not like that at all. And bitterness starts to dwell. She's over there. I don't know why he came home in such a grumpy mood. He's always so grumpy. I don't know what I want to do anymore. Bitterness starts to well. And you can't sleep. Because now, all of a sudden, the bitterness goes even deeper to years ago. What happens after bitterness? Come on. Bitterness, it simmers. Then it starts to boil. And when it boils, it breaks out in rage. Rage is simply when bitterness has boiled. And you know what anger is? Anger is an action of rage. This rage builds up. So in order to release this rage, you got to throw the remote or hit the wall or kick the dog. No, no, not kick the dog. You know what I'm saying? And this rage builds Now, along with anger expressing itself because of the rage that's been uh, um, fed by bitterness, brawling. Now, this is brawling. It's not so much brawling. But the word literally means to, are you ready? Shout! And doesn't that happen all the time? You're bitter. You're not saying much. The anger... The bitterness boils to rage. All of a sudden, you act on that rage. And before you know it, you're shouting at the top of your lungs at one another. And not only are you shouting at the top of your lungs, you're calling each other, which is slander. All because you allowed the boss to be, the anger to be the boss of you, and you went to bed angry. 
And don't let the sun set on your anger. And then what happens is the form of malice. You know what malice is? Malice is now you want to hurt somebody. So you say, well, what's the answer? In the next verse, Paul says this. Instead of letting the sun go down on your anger, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. Oh, forgive, Pastor, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. But how are we to forgive? Just as in Christ, God has forgiven you. Now listen, I've been forgiven a lot. And who am I if Christ has forgiven me? Who am I to withhold forgiveness to someone else for what they've done? Stubborn anger. It can be conquered by not letting the sun go down while you're angry. Now, I want to talk about, I'm going to call it a sanctified anger so I can go along with the S's. Thank God for a thesaurus. Because really, we think of this as a righteous anger or a holy anger, but to keep along with the sudden and sinful and... Um, come on. Stubborn anger. I, I wanted to keep all the points together. Sanctified anger. In your anger, do not sin. Now, what's this saying? That it's okay to be, but you just can't sin. So how do you get angry and not sin? Well, here's the problem. Our anger, our rage, our frustration. Now, do you know the difference between frustration and anger? Frustration is just a more sophisticated way of saying, I'm angry. It's sourced in. What's the source of our anger, rage, and frustration? I'm not getting what I want. That which I sure I deserve. That which I'm sure I deserve. And our sudden, our stubborn, our sinful anger is all about not getting what we want. So what is a sanctified anger? A sanctified anger what others aren't getting that they deserve. This type of anger is directed against evil. Pastor Bonnie, you can come. In Matthew chapter 3, we see the story that Jesus goes into the temple and there's a man with a withered hand. And Jesus is looking around and he sees the scribes and the Pharisees, and they're wondering, since it's the Sabbath, what is Jesus going to do? Is he going to heal him? Now, Jesus perceives what they're thinking. And, and let, me, let me read it to you specifically. I didn't, I didn't put it on the screen because I just thought about this passage of Scripture. Jesus, in Mark chapter 3, Jesus says, Which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? 
to save a life or to kill. But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger. Now, Hebrews 4.15 says that we have a high priest who is able to identify with our weaknesses because he was tempted in every way that we were, except he was without. So Jesus was without sin. But it says that he was angry and deeply distressed at the stubborn hearts of these men. Jesus was not angry at the men. He was just angry with their motive. He was just angry with what was in their heart. He was angry with their sin. And then we go to the most famous passage of Scripture that's found in all Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this one is scary. Jesus goes into the temple and he sees the money changers and how they're robbing people. And Jesus is so upset that he's flipping the tables. It is written, my father's house should be a house of, and you have made it into a den of. Was he mad at them? He was mad at their sin. He was mad at their motive. Now, after we read that, you know what we normally sing? To be like Jesus. And we justify our anger. But here's my own personal conviction with this passage of Scripture that I use for me. I'm not perfect like Jesus. Remember the woman who was caught in adultery was brought before Jesus and Jesus said to that crowd, he who is without sin, let him what? Throw the first stone. Well, I apply that to this scripture verse. He who is without sin, let him be the first to knock over the tables. Because I don't know if we're mature enough to do it with the proper motives. That's scary. If, if I see an injustice and I go in and start overturning the tables, there's a part of me that says, look at me. And there was nothing about Jesus that said, look at me. He was only about his father's business and the corruption that they have defiled. And he acted on the word. So, do I get angry? Oh, man. There are times because I have found a sanctified anger to be the best motivation to pray. Sanctified anger that's upset with all the social injustice. Sanctified anger that all the wrongs that are being done. But you know what gets me the most angry? 
When people leave this earth not knowing Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord and spend an eternity in a Christless eternity. That gets me angry. I'm not going to take it out on the missionaries. But that's what drives me to my knees to pray. On Tuesday, the second day of my vacation last week, I get a call from my sister that my long childhood friend, we were neighbors, we did everything together, we walked to school every day from kindergarten to eighth grade, we walked home to lunch each other, we played matchboxes, we played Ken dolls, we played G.I. Joes, we rode mini bikes, we rode bicycles, we rode snowmobiles. At the age of 60, he was driving home from work. Massive heart attack. Ran his car into a house. Died instantly. I went to his viewing on Saturday in Clinton, New Jersey. Saw some old high school friends, and this one girl said, Oh, yeah, Wade talked about you all the time, the goody two-shoes the goody two-shoes. Then this kid came uh, who, who was this, this, this track star in high school, and, he, he, and she goes, hey, here comes Brad. I go, Brad who? She goes, Brad Lewis. I go, that's not Brad Lewis. She goes, yes, that is Brad Lewis. And I mean, he had his, you know, he used to have the curliest hair. Now he hardly had any hair. <laughs> Gray. And my friend goes, Brad, you know Jeff, right? He's a preacher man. And I got angry because, yeah, I am a preacher man. But I don't even know if I ever gave my friend an adequate witness of the gospel. And I pray that he, at that last moment, had some inspiration because as far as I know, he never darkened the doors of a church. That's what gets me angry. And it drives me to my knees to pray for people who are lost and who do not know Jesus Christ, who are dying in their sins that separates them from a loving God. Would you stand with me? During the early service, during worship, I don't want to say I saw, but I envisioned the throne of God.